0: It's week 10 of the college football season, and finally, all Division One conferences are playing again. Maction is running wild on this Wednesday night. Sing Second is here to break down what to watch this weekend as we prepare for our Nebraska land snacks and drinks for a big weekend of college football. Conference races are becoming clear by the week, but before we get too far, Danny, what's good?
1: Ooh. Well... I, I did want to throw something out there. I don't know if we, we'd talk about it or not, but the uh, Oklahoma State video board controversy or, or whatever you'd want to call it is pretty funny to me. Did you guys see what they did uh, when Texas was having their big, big field goal?
2: Yeah, put the yellow lines up on there.
1: Yeah. And I actually remember watching just in the course of the game and – some camera angle showed like behind the goalpost, they had this huge video screen. And I remember thinking, man, that, that might be kind of distracting for the players having that huge video screen up there during the game. And then I, I thought it was a great move. Um, when Texas was kicking a field goal, they just put, put a whole bunch of yellow vertical lines up on the video board that looked like goalposts um, obviously meant to, uh, to create some sort of an illusion for the kicker and, and hope he missed. I, I think he made the kick. And then, of course, Texas complained and the Big 12 was looking into it, but something I hadn't seen before. And I, I thought it was kind of cool. And I, I like that kind of stuff, a little gamesmanship type of thing. I, I imagine it probably wasn't too huge of a deal for a kicker. Maybe maybe a little bit more significant than, like, when you're shooting a free throw and people are waving their arms uh, behind the basket. but. um I just uh, – that's what's fun about college football sometimes. So my what's good is the Oklahoma State University uh, video board. Brandon, how about you, man? What's good with you? Well,
3: what's good with me is almost gonna, was going to be what my team breakdown was going to entail later. But then I decided to go a different route. As you guys know, it kind of took me a while to email you who I was going to go with for the game, and then I kind of made a last-second decision. So uh, what's good for me is the restoring the rivalry. We talked about this a while back ago. Shattern State College, this is a little Nebraska-land-bank-sponsored prop, I guess. This thing's got to be an antique. I don't know what year this is from. Uh, but this was at my grandma's house, going through some stuff in some old boxes, and I thought that was kind of cool. A little
2: little Miller Light on the yeah. uh, Shattered State yeah. Eagle yeah.
1: pinet there. I Pretty sweet.
3: We never had tag like that when I was there.
1: But anyway, and the um, Miller Light logo is still exactly the same as it was yeah. all those years ago. Which you got to respect that a little bit too.
3: It's classy looking. I'll post a picture of the pennant online and tag.
1: That I mean, that pennant, that pennant's also probably
2: sponsored by uh, the favorite bar at, from Shatter, the Nebraska Fave. as well.
3: Yeah, I'll bet so. I'll bet it probably is. So I'm excited about that game. I just want to say a few things about it. That used to be a big. Well, I mean, it was the rivalry. I used to hate Carney. I used to hate the Lopers more than like I hate the Colorado Buffaloes, or more than I hate wisconsin badgers or more than i hate desmond howard any of those people but uh going to to school there uh like my first year was in the fall of 1999 that was like a good time to be a shattering eagle because i think they only lost to carney one time when i was there and this was before like some people find it hard to believe they actually were pretty good before danny woodhead was there, and so they uh, had a pretty good run against them. I remember one time it, it was so much like that Super Bowl, uh, where it was the Rams versus the Titans, and there was that stop right before the goal line, and and Shadden uh, scored late, and then made this huge stop right at last play of the game against Carney, and then everybody storms the field and running around, being all rowdy and everything. Uh, but it, it's going to be a yes. little bit different now uh, with the with the teams as Carney is now in the MIAA, and I think that boosted up their uh, their talent level uh, just to survive. Last year, I think was their first winning record in since joining the MIAA. Uh, they're one and zero with the win over Pittsburgh State Gorillas, thirty one to twenty six, despite. The gorillas having like over 500 yards offense, and Carney only had 400. Uh, Pittsburgh State had a ton of penalties, and Carney had 13-plus minutes in time of possession, which I thought was pretty crazy. They were also 10 to 15 on third down conversion, which probably helped attribute to that time of possession advantage. Uh, Shattern State, 2-1. and one. With the close loss, first game of the season to Colorado Mesa, they lost seven to ten in overtime. Uh, then they beat South Dakota Mines, and then they were supposed to play Black Hills State. Black Hills State had to cancel because of some COVID problems, and then uh, Shattern played South Dakota Mines again. So they're two and one, uh, and they won their two games handily against the same opponent. But it is hard to you know, sometimes beat the same team twice and, and that kind of thing. So they're taking care of, of business with that. Um, Shattering starts off slow. Like I think they've only scored seven points in the first quarter out of all their games combined, but they've scored like 40 something points in the fourth quarter. And I think that uh, the Lopers are just that running attack. And with that time of possession advantage, and with Shattern not so accurate with the passing game, they have more interceptions than touchdowns, I believe, or maybe they have—they might have four touchdowns, three interceptions, or or reverse of that. But I just think uh, Carney's going to have the get the lead, and by the time Shattern, unfortunately gets things rolling, I think it'll be out of hand. But I'm exci- i wanted to go to the game, but I'm excited to watch it on the computer. Uh, streaming it while other games are are going on. It's free streaming. Just go to either Carney or, or Shadron's website. I wanted to go – Carney's like in the red for COVID, so I thought maybe it wouldn't be in my best interest to go down. But I'm sure people will go, and I think it'll be a fun game to go to. it would be nice weather out for it and stuff. So, sorry, that was wrong. What what times that kick up? I think it's at 2.30 – but I don't know if that's mountain or central or, or what, but it's, and it might not even be two thirty. I might be wrong on all
1: three <laughs> accounts, but I, I think it's two thirty. Is it on Saturday?
3: Yeah, I do know that. <laughs> Pretty sure this coming Saturday.
2: <laughs> no, yeah. Brandon, when, oh, go ahead, Cal. Oh no, I was just going to say, I've, I'm a shadow state grad as well. And when I was up there, uh, I was kind of in the midst of a, a three-year run for uh, our MAC championships. And, and so I remember it was either my third or fourth year in college. Uh, me and a van full of buddies took a little road trip down to, uh, to Kearney. And uh, it was a blast. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, a Story just popped into my head. We were going to the game, and obviously we were not Kearney grads. And so we were going to have to pay to get in. And so we were, like, walking up to the stadium, and we were talking about, like, hey, you guys have cash to pay in? And one of the guys I was with, his name was Rudy, he's like, don't be serious, Donald. I have my ID. Like, he thought his Shattered State student ID was going to get him into the Kearney game for free in Kearney. Uh And just the, the hilarity of, of what ensued was, was funny to me. And I don't know, like, usually you say that no matter what, uh, in a rivalry game, it's going to be close regardless. But since they've taken so long in between games, like the players on both sides, like the coaches are going to have to be the ones that build up the rivalry. And I know there's some there's some shattering, shattering. coaches that they were part of uh, the rivalry the first time around. But at this point, I think Carney has recycled uh, or has gotten so many new coaches that I I, I doubt there's anybody from – and the Carney staff that can really build up the rivalry like as if they were playing in it. So I'll be interested to see what happens. Shattern uh, has kind of gone the opposite direction. They're they're always competitive but haven't had the the sustained success that they had in years past. So I don't know. I'll be interested to see how they hold up.
0: The The fun part I think about Carney is they can't run – a similar op- option for offense. Oh, hey. hey. Uh, they run a similar option offense to what we do at the high school. And so um, you'll, we'll see a lot of the same, not formations, because they do a lot of their stuff out of shotgun, but a lot of the same principles and things like that. And so maybe we can use it as a recruiting tool, getting the shotgun a little bit. But, um, no, uh, Brandon, I'm glad you brought that up, because we were talking earlier, and we, it seemed like that was still weeks away. And then all Snuck of a sudden, up. here it is,
3: did out.
2: real quick. Kyle, what's Kyle, good what's with good? you? Sorry. <laughs> um, Mine will be quick. My my wife is usually one of these people uh, who says, like, uh, in terms of holiday celebrations, like, you can't start celebrating – can't start celebrating Christmas until Thanksgiving is past because that's one of her favorite holidays. And I'm a big Christmas guy, but I kind of just obey her rules because – Just makes life simpler that way a lot of times, but uh, I was kind of caught by surprise that this last weekend uh, on multiple occasions, she, she mentioned maybe getting the the Christmas stuff down. So uh, currently there, nothing is decorated, but currently we have uh, both Christmas trees up in our house. And I think we're just going to kind of have a slow build to this holiday season that I love so much. So that's what's good, a little I'm, – I'm wearing her down finally. Nice.
1: <laughs>
2: Andy, finish this off. What's going on with you?
1: Nothing you know, important, I'm
2: sure.
0: Probably not, no. But what's good, daylight savings time. It's one of those where everybody always, uh, like, you know, you get an hour back. Yeah, 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 the fall one's always way better than the spring one. But usually when I go to school – Maggie's still in bed. Graham's still sleeping. I get up. I do my thing. Well, the last week, Graham's up when I uh, go to school. Maggie's up. She makes coffee. It's been kind of a nice little thing. So it's nice to have my family back when I uh, as I get up and the everybody else is out ready to go. But also, I feel like I slept better. I I don't know if it's just because it's darker now. So once Graham Graham goes down, I feel ready for bed. But it's been, I feel like it's been a good three or four days here with uh with this daylight savings time back to normal.
1: you guys ever try to like trick yourself with that? Like there's some clocks that you don't turn back right away because you you just kinda wanna I, I like to carry it out over a couple days. Like I feel like I gamed uh that turning the, the clocks back over two days. Why? Well <laughs> What's so that do? Long story short, I woke up in the middle of the night, Sunday night, before, you know, going to work on Monday, thought it was 5 a.m. As I was kind of falling back asleep, I realized, wait, I didn't change that clock. It's actually 4 a.m. Like in those last last few hours of sleep are like very precious to me. So um, to still be kind of getting the lingering effects of turning the clock back, you know, a day and a half later. I enjoyed that. I, yeah. I, I love that that extra hour. It means a lot to me. There's, there's times when I wake up in the middle of the night
2: and either get a drink of water or go to the bathroom where I'm like, before I look at the clock, I just say a little prayer in my head and be like, please be 1.30. Please be 1.30. Because as yep. soon as I look at it and it's like 5.45 and it's right before my alarm goes off, it's so disheartening. But oh. when I do look and it's 1.30, it's
1: like – Still got a full night's sleep ahead of me. Do you do you ever like you'll go to sleep and not even wake up once until your alarm goes off, but you're kind of disappointed because you didn't get that like yeah. middle of the night check just to see how many more hours you have. You're like, wow, I slept really great, but man, I can't yeah. believe it's time to get up already. About five 5 a.m. is my my cutoff time. If it's if I if I roll over and glance and it's any time like before five o'clock I'm usually pretty happy but if it's like 5 15 that kind of that, that's disappointing to me
2: yeah then you have that just brief inner dialogue where it's like should I just get up right now like I'm not gonna get much sleep I should just get yeah. up right now and be productive and then how then often it never do happens. do that never <laughs> and then I wake up even more tired like Because usually if you wake up at 5.15, you're energetic. You're like, oh, man, I could start my day right now. They're like, ah, no, I'll just get 10 more minutes,
1: fall back asleep, day is ruined. I'm I'm not a morning person at all, but I would love to be. I've always told people, like, if I could pay a monthly subscription fee to be just like a 5.30 a.m., just pops out of bed, you know, bright-eyed type of guy, I would do it. But, man, it's about – nine o'clock before I really feel like I'm I'm, uh, I'm moving well for the day. It's actually kind of making me tired right now just talking about this.
0: All right, moving forward, so that way we don't make Danny fall asleep here. Thank uh, you. Look back at last week's games. Kyle with a perfect 4-0 week. Uh, the rest of us went 3-1. Oh,
2: whoa, what, what? 4-0? Yeah, and o? he uh, – wow. I'm so he surprised. saw right
0: through those uh, or o- Oklahoma State's uh, big yellow lines there, and and picked that Texas Oklahoma State game correctly. Um, notice,
1: how really it, notice how Andy just breezed through that without giving you any time to respond to the fact that you were four and zero, perfect record. But
2: then we'll be well in second place, not in last place like Danny, with a awesome three and one record.
0: Well, all right. Since we've already got to that point, might as well just go right to it. Uh, Kyle has a twenty-three and eight record. Uh, he's in sole first place. Uh, I am in second place at twenty and eleven. Brandon in third, nineteen and twelve, and Danny at sixteen and five. Uh, moving on to this week, we have five games on the slate as of Wednesday night. There's not been a cancellation for Nebraska this week. Uh, they are at Northwestern. Northwestern, as of this morning, was favored by four and a half points. This is an 11 a.m. kickoff on BTN. Brandon, thoughts on old Nebraska Northwestern?
3: Well, I'm hoping that they eliminate the shoot yourselves in the foot type of things. Let's not have any turnovers. Let's not have any of the of the penalties that we can control. You know, like the false starts, the delay of games. We can't control when the Big Ten's going to screw us over with a half a dozen targeting calls and everything like that. But uh, as far as the things that we can take care of, let's take care of that and and just be a little bit angry. I want Nebraska to be mad that they were cheated out of a game last week and had a chance to play another opponent and, and were unfairly told no and I want them to have just kind of an attitude towards the rest of the Big Ten where, all right, Ohio State, we thought we were friends with them. They run up to score on us and treat us like garbage, and now that's it. rest of the conference, starting now, is on high alert. I, I hope Nebraska wears those white uh, alternative uniforms, alternate uniforms. I don't know if they were going to wear those last week. It was with the Halloween, even though they were home. It was with the Halloween commercial, though. So I wonder if they were going to wear white for that, and if if Wisconsin was going to wear uh, their red uniforms or something. But uh, I'm hoping they wear those cool, sweet black shirt, white jerseys, and uh, they're go- They're going to win. I'm putting down Go Big Red Huskers with the win. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, and I think they teased those uniforms again earlier this week, or maybe even yesterday. I think they might have put something out. So. I think we were going to be wearing them last week, but probably that's one of those things that I'm sure players are excited about. And as soon as they figured out the game was canceled, they were uh, begging Coach Frost to let them let them wear them the next weekend. Yeah.
3: What do you guys think?
1: Oh, it's 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 always it's always a close one. It's always an exciting one. Um, I was just looking; the ESPN matchup predictor has. Northwestern has a 68% chance of winning. Um, I'm not surprised by the point spread. I I can see Northwestern being favored, but I don't think I feel like it's closer to a toss up than us only having a a 30% chance of winning.
3: Do they remind Um, you of Iowa state, like in the later years of us in the big 12, you know, like when seemed like the game was always super close and it, you just look at the name of the team, and it seems like somebody we should beat handily, and then it's always just kind of a stressful roller coaster. That's yeah. what it reminds me of.
1: Well, and speaking of Iowa State, the score of uh, last time we played Northwestern was thirteen to ten. Low, low-scoring game. Before that, it was two uh, two overtime losses. Is that right? Something like that. Yep. Yep. But I. I don't know. It, it's hard to know much about Nebraska. I think there's been some weird uh, Big Ten scores so far. The fact that Northwestern is, is 2-0 and is, is a little bit surprising. I don't think that necessarily uh, makes them that good. Um, my, my prediction, and I, I was thinking this even last week, is that Nebraska had the one opportunity to play – they kind of, I think, probably figured out how they want to work some things. I bet you we have a little bit better plan uh, with McCaffrey. Um, but we didn't leave a whole lot on film for Northwestern to scout. So my prediction is that it's a four-point victory for Nebraska and one big play, one sort of uh, explosive play by Nebraska. Not necessarily a trick play, but just something maybe a little bit unexpected is going to be the difference. And other than that, I think it's going to be a a pretty good game, maybe a little back and forth, maybe not real high scoring, um, maybe, maybe slightly ugly. Um, but I think it's going to be, I'm not only picking Nebraska to win, I'm going to tell you guys it's a four point Nebraska victory this weekend. kind of mind that, uh,
0: you know, the last six or seven years, they've always played. It's always been a, like a four-point win, four-point loss, overtime, last-play-the-game type of deal. Um, it, I've, I found it funny. Westerns fans have always complained about not having an offense. They always play great defense for how they recruit and things like that. But in week one, they put up like 35 points, and they have a new offensive coordinator, and magically the fans are all like, hey, we told you. It's not that hard. And then last week when they beat Iowa – they did it without offense. They were down like 17-10 at halftime and then magically won 21-17 or something goofy like that. And so even without offense, they were able to get to 2-0. But I think Brandon and Danny kind of both hit it on the head. It's going to be close. If we can limit our own mistakes, we'll be uh, in good shape. And for a while, it seemed like the road team was always the one with the upper hand. Uh, The first three or four or five meetings we had uh, with Northwestern when we moved to the Big Ten, um, I agree. I think Nebraska is going to pull this one off. Kyle, last one. We know this is the game you're watching on Saturday. What do you, you got previewing for us?
2: Yeah, is, does anybody else get, like, a, Pat Fitzgerald was a little bit of a P.J. Fleck before P.J. Fleck? Like, it just feels like a lot of times you you get to hear the, all the flowery stuff about uh, Northwestern's coach, and I just don't see it. He's they play up like how many times do you think we're going to have to hear the fact that Pat Fitzgerald played at Northwestern middle linebacker. And now he's come back, back home. It's like, he's been home. Like we don't have to keep reiterating
1: it. Yeah. I had that. I had this conversation yesterday. Uh, he got brought up and somebody was like, yeah, I really actually kind of like uh kind of like Pat Fitzgerald and I, and I must've like spit my coffee out or something. I'm like, I, right, I don't like that guy. I don't like him at all. And that was the same thing. I'm I'm like, he's supposed to be the big savior for Northwestern, you know, th- coming mm. back to where he played. And I just think he's, he's a little bit of a tool. I would, I would put him in the tool category. Uh, <laughs> Pat Fitzgerald. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And then the conversation that I was having, we'll, we'll get to Kyle's pick in a second. Cause I actually think he's going to now decide that he's going to pick against Nebraska uh, after saying that he would never do that um, he's shaking his head no but quick question because my argument in the conversation I was having was that I actually don't like any Big Ten coaches and it's probably just because I'm such a homer and I love Nebraska that I find every other coach in the Big Ten annoying so if you had to pick your favorite Big Ten coach other than Scott Frost does anybody have one like who are the who are the Big Ten coaches that we we like
3: I I don't mind Ferentz too much from Iowa Ooh. because of the whole hospital thing in the back, you know, with that he helps uh, raise money for, and with that, you know. What if you
1: What if you was your coach and you had Iowa's record for your team for the past whatever years? It's like the Bo
3: It's Bo, it's Bo <laughs> who doesn't hate the state and the uh, and everybody <laughs> associated with the program.
2: <laughs> I don't have any animosity for Levy Smith just because it's an <laughs> Illinois and it's just we don't play him that often. So it's just funny to to see him with his white beard and, and stuff like that and come from was, it. So Levy Smith would
1: be my guy. That was the only name that I could come up with. And my reasoning was I don't know. I don't feel I don't find him very threatening. I think he's kind of a cool guy. I, I enjoy, his, enjoy his personality. I Think generally, people like him, but I don't know. You, also you got anybody? Any, any big, to what's that? Even,
2: well, I there wouldn't be enough money for me to come up with like who's Indiana's coach or Maryland or, or Rutgers these days. I guess Greg Schiano's back Greg at Rutgers, so I, so I do know that one. Uh, James Franklin also falls into into the the tool category as yes. well. Yes, Penn State. Yes. So
1: yeah, he's a tool. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, um, any, any strong feelings? You want Andy, or you approaches? want Kyle to make his pick?
0: You know, I just kind of like I I kind of like Pat Fitzgerald, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, just for the fact that he's he's a straight defensive guy. He doesn't try to have that. um He's kind of raised Northwestern to a respect <laughs> the level. Winner. If he ever leaves. There's no way they sustain an eight-win season, or you know the random ten-and-two season that they've had in the last six or seven years. And I don't know. I just he he lives the culture, and I think that's kind of a neat thing because you don't see that quite like Pat Fitz what, living the dream that he uh, he had. And then I don't know. Patty Fisher is his next. It's, Patty Fisher is going to graduate go to the NFL come back and we leave Pat Fitzgerald when he's ready to
2: go. And so it'll just be a, a nice little full circle story. Doing it for the culture. Culture is what a, what a fun buzzword
1: to, to in the, throw. Yeah, the defense. Defense what? and culture. Uh, no, I guess I, we know what category that puts Andy in. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, no, I –
2: I think Nebraska's good. I know we only got about one good half to to watch. Uh, I honestly think, and and I've made this mistake more than once, just kind of assuming that the name recognition for Nebraska carries a little bit more caveat than than I – that actually happens because Northwestern game is always close. But uh, I think Nebraska wins, and I I think they win uh, rather easily. The only thing that I'm – a little concerned on is we're down two of our starting defensive backs for the first half of the game. Uh, but as long as, as we kind of control the ball in the first half and kind of bide our time until they get back, uh, like I said, I, I'm i excited to watch them play. I do think it's kind of interesting because obviously Nebraska fans travel good everywhere. But between road trips to Minnesota and away games to to Northwestern, those actually tend to be de facto home games for Nebraska because Nebraska just sells out Evanston. And it's usually 50% or more with Red Husker fans. And obviously with no fans there, uh, this is probably as much of a home field advantage as Northwestern is going to have against Nebraska. By not having any fans there, so uh, I'm going to take Nebraska, and I would I would take them uh, probably plus seven, plus ten. Uh, I was shocked when somebody told me, when Danny told me today that Northwestern was favored. Really, just because I figured Nebraska would be a a more public team and therefore get
1: more points, anyways. So, I think I think people I I think people are getting tired of Nebraska na- nationally. And and Northwestern's two and zero. Oh. I think that's why the. I bet you it'll change. That line will change between, whenever we looked it up, and and Saturday morning. Question though, do you think you set your mower height higher or lower than whoever mows Northwestern's field when you mow your own lawn? Mine is definitely lower. Like, I I, I feel bad for the guy who has to mow it. He's like, man, I could have this field looking nice and short and and green, but they're making me mow it on, like, second to highest length, and it's just kind of annoying.
2: Do you think – who's more annoyed, that guy for having to have that long grass in the stadium or whoever's in charge of trying to get all the grass stains out of Nebraska's jerseys because they actually play on real, real grass? Yeah.
1: I've always thought about that. Like even NFL players, I think they only get like two jerseys a year. So someone's doing some serious work between games, getting those things back in in game shape. But no, uh, I think I think so we're all on we're all on Nebraska. Yep, we're all on Nebraska. Not not that this is a, a politics or election podcast, but we do have the potential um, coming up of, of sports gambling being legal in Nebraska at horse tracks. And if I was, uh, laying a wager down at a, at a horse track over this game, even though I always say you should, if you want to make money, uh, bet against Nebraska, I would actually lay some, some cash on, on Nebraska for this weekend. I think we'll for sure cover the four points and, and definitely, I'm going to say we even win the game.
0: (laughs) All right, so all four on Nebraska. Uh, moving into our second game, uh, we're actually going to jump back to Friday night. Uh, it's a top twenty-five matchup. It's BYU at Boise State. Uh, BYU comes in at seven and zero, and Boise State is two and zero. There's not many games that are COVID-related that look that drastically different. Um, BYU is has really you know, kind of ran through their their schedule. Their closest game was a 27-20 win against UTSA, but all other games they scored at least 40 points. Uh, Zach Wilson is throwing 75% completion. Uh, he has 19 passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, they're usually led by a two uh, running back uh, a system, but Algier has kind of led the way. He has 587 yards rushing. He's um, And they have a receiver by the last name of mine that already has 706 receiving yards. So he's kind of their number one guy. Um, but BYU has never won at Boise State. Now, they've only played 10 times, which I was talking to Brandon earlier. Seems kind of weird to me. They're both very much Mountain West-type teams, but they've only met 10 times. Uh, yeah, Boise State hasn't quite uh been division one as long as a lot of the other schools but uh, to only have 10 meetings in as many years as they both been around is kind of kind of crazy uh boise state is 2-0 and they beat utah state and at air force um fun stat for you the number one win percentage team is boise state they have a 73 percent win percentage uh, they're 40, 463 and 169 and two. So since they moved up to uh, the old uh, division one, they've really kind of rocked it. Uh, Danny's team, Coastal Carolina, they, like we mentioned last week, they're striving to be that Boise state representative where, yeah, they're mid major, the group of five, but they can compete with those big guys. Um, Boise has kind of a two QB system right now. Game one, uh, Hank Bachmeier threw for 268 yards, and then they were at Air Force Week 2. He didn't even make the trip. And so their backup quarterback, uh, Sears, he's a USC transfer. He threw for 291 yards. And so um, I don't know if that's quite a two-quarterback system or it's a battle or if they're just taking every other week off, what the deal is. But uh, it's kind of interesting that their starting quarterback didn't even travel their backup quarterback through for just as many yards, if not more, than their starting quarterback. Defensively for Boise State, their top seven tacklers are in their front eight, meaning their are linemen and linebackers, and that's always a good sign. Um, but at the same time, last week against Air Force, they gave up a 400 yards, run, and uh, BYU wants to run the ball, wants to pound the ball. Uh, defensively for BYU, in seven games – uh, they've only forced seven turnovers. And so, a team that's only averaging, you know, eight points a game against to only have seven turnovers, I think says a lot about that defense. So yeah, they four turnovers, but they're just playing good enough defense to win by 40 points, which, which is, uh, it, it says a lot about their scheme and their, and their guys. Um, it's a three point favorite in favor of BYU. This game is on FS1. Um, but I, I feel like I, I have to take BYU and hope that maybe they can be a Cinderella team in Cincinnati uh, for that fourth playoff squad. Danny, Boise State,
1: BYU, who do you got? I don't, I don't have much to say about this one. I don't think I've watched either team uh, play at all. But I'm going to give the team that's played seven games already this year the edge over a team that's played two so uh, going BYU Brandon
3: it's a tough choice I've watched both teams play I like BYU a lot um, if that's like one of the college teams where if I wanted their staff to to be a like uh, staff from for the Philadelphia Eagles. When the Philadelphia Eagles, since I'm just having them draft everybody, they're going to hire the uh, BYU staff and do what they do offensively and uh, do what they do defensively. Um, Boise State looks really good too, though. It's tough. It's at Boise State. But, man, BYU's really looked impressive this year, and a lot of people thought they would be pretty good this year. I didn't think they would be, but a lot of people were were not surprised at the success. I man, I I'm gonna go BYU, but I really would like to say Boise State. I'll be cheering for Boise State, but I think BYU will win.
0: All right, Kyle, round us out with game number two here. BYU at Boise State. Who do you got?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with BYU. I was pulling up their schedule. It's hard for me to imagine a BYU or any type of of team like that, Cincinnati being in the playoffs. So I guess if I don't think they're going to make it, they're going to have to lose some game. But I don't think it's going to be this one. I think one of their next two games, whether it's uh, San Diego – well, it's got to be San Diego State, 'cause I don't see them losing to North Alabama. So uh, (laughs) – maybe a little let down in the last game of the year. This is honestly uh, kind of the one game that they have on their schedule where they can look somebody or somebody else can look them eye to eye. And I just think BYU is probably a better team. So uh, I think they'll be up for this one because it's a road test. So I'm going to take BYU. Boom. So we all
1: four
0: are in
1: favor of BYU. Can I just Uh, throw out there that – we actually have a, a pretty good Friday night slate of games with Miami at North Carolina State as well, and perfect timing with the end of the high school football season. Uh, oh, great season at least for us, huh? For, from our uh, for our local squad, congrats to uh, Andy and Kyle who are who are coaches on a, on a nice season. And I uh, I told you before that I was in really enjoying watching those games on, on YouTube out on my patio. And uh, with without a, a Bulldog game to be watching this Friday, I'm kind of excited about the about the Friday night slate.
0: Yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, our next game is a, a rare 1030 kickoff. So Danny, you're gonna have to set that alarm back just a just a wee bit here to make sure your coffee's ready. It's on CBS, though. So it's on national TV. Uh, it's a 1030 kickoff. It's one and two Air Force at six and one Army. Army, as of this morning, was a six-point favorite. Uh, obviously, this is Brandon's game, game two of the Commander-in-Chief Cup. Brandon, take it away.
3: Well, you're right. It's a weird time, thirty in the morning. But that's 1130 New York, you know, West Point time. And, I mean, that's an early 930 for Air Force, which – you know, that could, that could help her or her as the Air Force has played a lot of later games so far. Uh, this rivalry this one, is more based on, to me, like disrespect where you have uh, Army and Navy, they they respect each other, they understand what they each do, uh, you know, and, and they know they're going to be brothers in arms. And I, I think ultimately they respect each other but then when air force comes to play I think army and navy both think that they have to work a little harder uh that that there's more asked of them whether that's true or not I don't know I just think that's how it is and and you got air force who's really just trying to even though you know they've kind of been better uh air force just wants to kind of be equal in, in that eyes with the respect Um, at the commander in chief presentation at the white house a few years ago. uh, uh, Trump was telling them, yeah, there's congratulations to army. Uh, It's always tough with Navy and air force is really tough every year too. And Jeff Munkin kind of interjects the president there and says, they're not that tough, sir, or, you know, or not very tough, sir and kind of putting them down and that kind of stuff. Last year, Air Force uh, beat beat Army uh, at Air Force. And after the game, Air Force was talking a little smack on the social media. And then they said, well, Jeff Munkin blocked us uh, on Twitter, blocked our Twitter account, must be a poor sport. And Jeff Munkin replied on the news later and said, when I took the job with – with army, one of the first things I did was block air force. They just didn't realize it until now. And so it's kind of this back and forth uh, between them. And I think, I think Jeff Munkin is like the perfect coach for that. Uh, he and Troy Calhoun. I, I don't think they really like each other a whole lot uh, like you see from the other, from the other coaches. So um, man, last year was, was the best Air Force team, like, since the 90s. So, like, a historical best Air Force football team. And it was one of the worst Army teams in in the last five years. And it came down to, like, the last play down at the goal line, and, and Army was stopped. Uh, so, I, you know, I think with Army having the game at home and they're favored, uh, they should be able to win. But Jeff Munkin will do about five things every game, that that just seem to be over and above and beyond risky and a lot of times those things kind of bite them in the rear end so i think uh he'll probably do some of that and we'll see some issues hurt you know maybe they'll go aggressive and go for it like one time i think he went for it on like fourth down on his own 20 his own 25 yard line and didn't get it, you know. And it's just like, wow, man, that's that's a little crazy. And I think he'll do some of those things, um, and some, and it's going to make the game closer than it needs to be. Uh, Air Force, I think they're going to hope that uh, Timothy Jackson can lead their team and do a good job, um, having them score some points. Uh, we got with Army. We have uh, Tyrell Robinson, who's kind of their explosive player, and then they have Jacoby Buchanan and Sanda McCoy. It's kind of fullback by committee, and they kind of go with whoever has the hot hand, it seems like. Uh, Army's played five different quarterbacks. this I don't even know who's going to start on Saturday. I don't know who's healthy. I don't know who's not. I don't know if he's going to like somebody else all of the sudden. So five quarterbacks, that's – that 's a big question, mark, uh, for that for Army um, Air Force has had more yardage than Army, but fewer points they've been they 've been stopped on the goal line a few times they They can move between the red zones very easily, but then have a hard time scoring it seems like, which is weird for a running team. You would expect that of a spread team but not an option team. Um, Army has statistically a better defense in terms of yardage and points per game, but they haven't played anybody as tough. Well, they played Cincinnati and Cincinnati beat them, you know, but the other teams they've played, I think Army's schedule, not for their fault, just because that's all they could get to play with all the cancellations because of COVID uh, their, their schedule has been easier. So, um, I think I think Air Force, they also put up a decent showing against, against Boise State last weekend and gave them all they could until they pulled away. And so I do think that Army should win. I think they're a little better on paper. They're a little deeper. But I just really think the head-scratching moves of Jeff Munkin are going to keep the game close it's going to be in west point it's when you watch it on tv it's going to it's going to be beautiful there the leaves all changing colors and and all that it's it's a pretty setting for college football but i think army oh and then uh, there's a little bad blood too from last year uh some of the army players broke in and stole one of the falcons from air force and then uh, the big deal was that the air force uh, student body said, like, the Falcon was going to have to be put to sleep because it just wasn't ever going to come back, you know, and did all this um, all this controversy about it. But then it ended up being fine. I think they were just trying to make it sound a little worse. So, yeah, there's just kind of a little bad blood between the programs. They don't like each other. It'll be a little bit chippy. Uh, last time it was in Air Force, there was almost a little brawl at the end of the game. And uh, that had to be kind of separated out. So yeah, I think that's about all I can really think of for this game. I'm going army.
1: Our- I'm, I'm liking the, I'm liking the visual already. Like the the getting up. It's it's early morning, 10:30, which I think is pretty cool. Talking about the leaves changing color. It's gonna be a nice fall day. Um, I would imagine one of the coolest things about the the armed forces football teams over the last, I don't know how long it's been, maybe like five years with is that they've really um, gotten into like the uniform game. Mm -hmm. I feel like they have multiple uniforms. They usually bring out something pretty cool uh, when they play each other. So I would expect um, both sides are going to have something pretty neat, but I, I love all of army's uniforms. I think every time they do something different, I think it's awesome. And um, so pretty, uh, pretty fun game to, start the day with early ex- Saturday morning.
3: I expect army to go with the black helmets and something with throwing kind of the black into the uniform a little bit, uh, and yeah. less gold. And I'm hoping that air force wears those red tail uniforms again for this. Cause I, I thought those were pretty sharp.
1: Yeah, those were different. I I was may, maybe a little undecided, but I think it was cool that they were throwing a shout out to the Tuskegee airmen with the, okay with the uniforms. And I think I was going to mention, you mentioned the leaves around the stadium. I was watching a game last week that I wanted to text you guys about. It might've been Purdue. Purdue I think has trees surrounding their in the kind of a little stadium. And like all the trees were just like blazing red around the stadium last weekend. I thought that was, that was pretty sweet, but um, I've, I've learned a lot about uh, about our military and their football teams doing this podcast uh, with Brandon and uh, I think that just army's probably got the stability and the, and the sharpness Uh, home game for them. They're favorited Uh, and I'm going to probably give them the uniform edge too. Uh, So for all those reasons, I've got, I've got army for the win, but sounds like you think it's going to be a little bit closer than, than six points. Do you think Yeah. you had to predict?
3: I think it might come down to like a missed field goal or something. Yeah. Something around there.
1: You always say you always seem to admire the uh the going on and on it or for it on fourth down, but now you seem a little skeptical about it.
3: Uh you know, I like it obviously when it works, you know. And uh, <laughs> but uh you know, it's just to me it when it, when you're good at it you should do it. But sometimes they'll say, well, like last year, their analytics with it, they'd say, well, this is what we do. And, you know, if you look at last year, we were number one in college football in fourth down conversions. And it's like, but this year you're terrible at it. And you're not picking up that one extra yard. You've been stuffed several times. So I think sometimes you have to, you can't just use, all the previous year's stats, you know, for – I don't know how they build those analytics for it.
1: Look at a little current momentum and how things have been going, how you're yeah. feeling too.
3: Start from scratch each season, you know, and then say, yeah, I mean, last year we were good at this, but this year we're – I mean, but he likes to go for it. And and they it has won them some games, but I know at times it's been like – I mean, a punt sure would have helped, you know. And I think their defense is good enough this year and improved enough to where they can afford to punch it a few times and hope they, they get a ton of turnovers They They force a lot of turnovers. So I, if Munkin can remember that and, <coughs> and if he doesn't throw just to throw, you know, I, the one time I keep going on on this and then I'll, I'll shut up. Sorry. But uh, the, the two times ago, we went to this game in air force. I think, Army won like 21-0, to and we were on our way home. And then I had to like look on my phone, and I thought, I don't think Army threw the ball a single single time, and they didn't. They didn't throw it. And in that game, Air Force looked totally disinterested, and like they didn't even think they were going to have a chance to win from the get-go. And the last time we went, they were totally into it. And then when they beat Army – uh, they had a little announcement saying, hey, uh, tonight there's no curfew since you beat Army, and then everybody erupts and they're freaking out and everything. It was really cool. And I thought, man, to play the same team in the same location, how one time it looked like they just wanted to get it over with and the second time, you know, it was a lot more intense. It's its just a strange game. And I think this year it'll be like – It'll be an intense one. I, I think it will. They, they both feel they have something to prove to the other team.
1: I, I like the fact that you're setting us up with. There's a little, little tension, maybe slight bit of animosity between the two. It's not all like we're all in it together. When we get get to the football field, there's a little, you know, obviously the rivalry, and then, of course, uh, singing together at the end. Yeah, I forward. think.
3: I think they're gonna say, you know, with Army Navy they say, you know, when this is over, we're brothers in arms, we're in the battlefield together. And I think with their when they're with Air Force they say, we're in there getting dirty do and these freaking guys are just flying around flying around far away, you know, I think I think that's just kind of their attitude in and probably Air Force thinks, have <laughs> ah, these these grunts, they wish they were as smart as us, you know, even though all of them are super intelligent you know and and great IQs and good leaders and all that but yeah it'll be fun
0: all right so for for me I obviously I can't add anything that hasn't been said by Danny or Brandon Uh, I'm gonna go army Kyle
2: whoa I wasn't uh wasn't ready for such a quick transition to be honest with you (laughs) um all I know is the last time Brandon tried to, to sell us on one of these Commander-in-Chief games, he was really telling us how uh, how Navy was going to take advantage of Air Force and how all these Air Force guys were, were going to not be playing and this and that and the other. And Air Force came out and won 40-7. To, to uh, honestly, I I don't know why. Um, I, I almost flipped just because – and I'm I'm still kind of wavering because the fact that it's ten thirty kickoff, like Brandon said, means it's actually gonna be nine thirty or is it even eight thirty uh mountain time? Nine thirty.
1: No 930.
2: 930, yeah. It's nine thirty, it's just an hour difference. To me that's I don't a huge... think
1: those dudes are normally like sleeping in real late on Saturdays though. <laughs> well no, but it's still
2: gearing your body up to play a football game at a time that it's not used to, but uh, it's, it's 1030. So it's not really that, that late for, for army either. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to take air force a to be a little bit different and be uh, the, the Navy air force game still sits pretty raw with me. So uh, if it, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I'm not going to let the, the Falcons burn me twice.
3: Took a little of my street credit, you know, away with that game. You can't go wrong picking either one, though.
0: That's for sure.
3: So in our two thirty slate, it's uh, a
0: CBS right after the old uh, Air Force Army game. So you can just keep it tuned on your big TV or your, your second TV, depending on where that Husker game is for you. Uh, it's number eight Florida at number five Georgia. Georgia enters at a three-and-a-half-point favorite as of this morning. Uh, this is your game, Kyle.
2: Go ahead, take it away. Uh, the saying that this is why we can't have nice things, I think goes pretty good with this game because uh, when I was growing up, uh, this game had by far the coolest kind of nickname lead up uh, to this game of any other, any other game that, that's on TV. Um, because this is the, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And just because of some negative connotations, we're saying these guys are in school, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it, it kind of lost the luster of that. But to me, anytime I see this game, I, that's what I still think of. Um, I think it there, it's obviously a top 10 matchup. Um, Georgia has a great defense, but that defense got hit kind of with the, with the injury bug this last couple of weeks, one of their best defensive backs actually got into a motorcycle wreck who, uh, so he's not going to be playing. Uh, Florida, I, I've kind of been on for a little bit because uh, I really like the receiver that they have because I think he just makes plays all over the field, uh, special teams wise. Um, so as I try to think about what what's going to happen in this game, I, I honestly think that it is going to be a decision of, are you going to pick the better offense or the better defense? Uh, this game's in Jacksonville, so it's not like either team has a, a big home field advantage. Um, and I'm, I'm a little, I was a little turned off by, uh, the Florida, Missouri game with, uh, with Dan Mullen just going crazy on the sidelines and, and just, uh, an act that you usually don't see a college coach do, but,
1: um, that made me un- that made me uncomfortable when I saw that. Like, it was just yeah. odd. Yeah, it was.
2: It almost acted as if he was he was proud of his guys for for standing up for themselves and brawling on the field. He's like, "That's exactly what I wanted him to
1: do." I think but, yeah. I think there was a fine issued for that. I yeah, believe I saw. Man, I think I saw. Uh, yeah. With that being said,
2: I really like. Uh, Tony, the receiver for Florida, um, with with Georgia losing two defensive starters, maybe three, uh, I think it'll be low scoring to start with. But I think Florida's offense is, has kind of proven that uh, they can move the ball on even good defenses. So uh, I'm going with Florida.
1: All right, Danny. Um. Yeah. Beginning of the season, Florida, I think after week one was ranked fourth, then they had the lot, everyone was talking about their quarterback as a, you know, maybe he'll be in the Heisman talk and they lose the one game to Texas A&M, I think. And it's like, I don't, I don't think we've mentioned Florida since. And I feel like they really haven't been in, in much of the conversation and, um, yeah, I think Mullins made some weird, some weird choices this year so far. When after they lost to a and he said, well, if we could have 90,000 fans in our stadium, uh, creating that home atmosphere, uh, we really need to try to do that. And then I think a few days later, a bunch of his players got COVID, which was slightly ironic. Um, and then the, the, just the, the awkward, odd behavior, um, with the, with the Missouri brawl. So I'm, I'm off Florida a little bit. Uh, I don't really have any uh, reason to believe that, that Georgia is that much better than them. Um, but with, with Kyle picking Florida, and I, I need to maybe go a different direction, so I'm going to go with Georgia, mostly so for I'm the going- fact that I just find Mullen's behavior a little odd this year. Are you
2: sure that's okay to do with our nebraska land sponsor being such a, a Florida guy?
1: No, well, I, he—I I bet you he's feeling a little pessimistic about the game too. But yeah, I'll have to uh, have to stop on by Nebraska Land Bank later this week and and work that out with him.
0: So to kind of build off of what Kyle was saying, and a little bit off of what Danny was saying, uh, this is an intriguing matchup. This is one of those the first times where I, I really don't know who to pick. Uh, Georgia, known for their strong defense is known for their strong offense this year. Uh, there's a, been a discrepancy of, with the run game with Florida, um, but on the defensive side of the ball for Florida, they don't have a very good defense, and Georgia doesn't have a very good quarterback, and so how will that add up? Um, so it's just kind of an interesting matchup all the way around with the injuries, with uh, the issue with the brawls at Missouri. Um, at this point, it's probably a depth issue, and I think – Georgia having, you know, a couple of number one class the last two, three, four years has hopefully stockpiled some of their solutions with injuries and whatnot. Um, but then I go back and Brandon and I talked about this today. Um, offense wins games, right? They say defense wins championships and we kind of said that's baloney. Yeah. Um, but I feel like in this instance, I, I have to go with Georgia. So I'm going to go with Georgia as well.
3: Well, I've gone back and forth about a million times. And I think that anytime this time of year, if I pick uh, Georgia to do something, they're going to do the opposite of probably what I want them to do. It seems like uh, Florida, I'm kind of liking that team now. They have uh, Kyle Pitts. My favorite player on their team, tight end, he's going to be uh, replacing Zach Ertz from the Eagles when they draft him in the first round going in this year. And uh, I think he's going to make some big, make the big third down receptions when he needs to. He's going to be a good, you know, they're right down there in the red zone, but they can't run it in. And he's they're gonna say where's Kyle Pitt? there he is. Oh, yep, there he is, just spiking the ball after that touchdown. Uh it was weird with uh with the fight with Missouri. I'll tell you what, I don't like Missouri, and that's from Big Twelve days, and I always thought they were a little bit dirty. And I I liked seeing Florida get after him and, and whoop up on him out there, put some fear into those tigers, those suckers. So, yeah, I I think – yeah, I'm going Florida.
2: Gosh, what a homer pick right there. Yeah, Yeah. we can't bury the lead, Brandon. You're part of the student body now.
3: Yeah, I got to go with the Gators. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, finally,
0: after – into our fourth game, we finally have some disagreements. That's not just Kyle being bold uh, like his Texas pick like a couple of picks in the
2: past where he's just going against the grain. Uh, two for Florida. Two I've for been Florida. right the majority of the times when I've separated from you guys. I think it's just smart. Well,
0: well, we can say whatever you want to call it since you're getting them right most of the time. Um, our last game of the night is a 630 on NBC. So a bunch of national network games on, on Saturday for you to, to tune into. Uh, this way, hopefully you get a good night's rest. Um, for your Sunday NFL football. But it's a 6.30 kickoff, NBC, number one, Clemson, at number four, Notre Dame. Clemson enters at a a five-and-a-half-point
1: favorite. Uh, Danny, this is your game of the week. Break it down. Big game. Big game. I think this is obviously not going to require me to uh, build it up too much. This is the game, Um, other than probably – the Nebraska game, and then maybe Florida-Georgia just because uh, two top-ten ranked teams. But um, everybody's going to have their TVs on this game no matter what Saturday night. Uh, I, I would say it is the night cap, uh, but we can't forget uh, South Alabama at Coastal Carolina, uh, 7 p.m. At, on ESPNU. Coastal Carolina is now 15th ranked undefeated and an 18-point favorite in that game. So you might want to keep an eye on that one as well. You we have the
2: Clemson game,
1: Danny. I just <laughs> want to throw a little teaser out there. Um, and I'm nervous. I'm nervous about this Clemson game, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, who, who you guys are picking. Obviously, Clemson's number one-ranked team. Um, they're rolling, uh, but they've run into some hiccups. Uh, obviously, uh, w- with their quarterback Trevor Lawrence out last week against Boston College, and then they're gonna they're gonna hold him out this week. I don't know that they've really specifically said um, why. My guess is that it's probably injury risk. Without having been training uh, for the last ten days or whatever, he's gonna be a coach on the sideline, so he'll be there. Um, but then also, it's worth noting that. Clemson's missing a couple uh, guys on the defensive side of the ball, too. And so this is a game that Clemson fans I know are really nervous about. Um, Clemson also had what Clemson fans are hoping is their yearly big hiccup where they either lose to a team they should beat or almost lose. Um, The Boston College game was was way closer at the end than, than anybody on the Clemson side wanted it to be. So on the one hand, you could say, oh, that's their sort of – that's their near miss. That's the one that they um, almost let get away, and so they're going to bounce back this game with a significant win. Um, But I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of people also want Notre Dame to be the story this year. Undefeated in ACC, first time they've been in uh, that conference. Uh, It would be kind of a good story to to see them – knockoff number one Clemson. Uh, A five and a half point spread I think is awesome. It's setting up to be uh, a really good game, probably a a close game. I would guess a back and forth game. Um, Some big plays on both sides. Uh, I I don't think Clemson fans are too worried about the quarterback. I'm not going to try to say his name uh, even because I'll mess it up, but I think he eased into the game last week and, and showed that he knows what's going on. It might be the, the defense that's a little worrisome and and especially with missing a couple guys on, on that side of the ball. Um I think if you are a Notre Dame player and a fan, you are seeing a team that's sort of like right there to take down. Like this is the opportunity that a lot of teams wait for. You have the number one team, uh, you're motivated. But they might have some flaws. They got some issues. And so this is the, the time when you want to be in, ta- in attack mode. So uh, as, as far as my pick, I've, I've been going back and forth. Like, on the one hand, I try to tell myself, Clemson's upset about such a close game last week. Um, Dabo's going to have him ready to go. He's going to use sort of this adversity as fuel uh, for them to, to rally and, and beat Notre Dame by two or three touchdowns. On the other side, I think that maybe, um, Clemson's just on too shaky of ground right now and, and, and he's, Dabo's maybe trying to hold it all together and it's a struggle for him and, and, uh, and Notre Dame may, may, uh, may come out and beat him. So, um, I'll go ahead and pick last on this one.
3: I don't
0: is think that's, a, that's
1: not a thing I can do. All right. Um, the last few hours, I've been pondering this a lot. You can tell it's weighing on you, Danny. Maybe – well, shoot, my my sister-in-law, who is the biggest Clemson fan, the reason why I'm a Clemson fan is probably actually going to be in my backyard watching the game uh but I actually think I'm gonna I want to pick Notre Dame in this one I think (laughs) I think I think things are too shaky and and not that I'm any sort of high profile coach but I kind of feel like and you guys probably know this too that there are times when you feel like you're just trying to hold your team together and you still have high expectations but um there there are maybe some chinks in your armor and I think Dabos trying to hold it together but I think uh, I think Notre Dame's gonna take advantage of a little bit of a weak spot they're in and and win the game plus I'm kind of hoping Kyle picks Clemson and I'll be right and I can get a game back or literally any of you guys pick Clemson and I can get a game back so
2: well, you're just gonna continue to fall further and further
1: behind <laughs> yeah I'm telling you man I like it before you guys make your picks like is this an easy pick for any of you? Like, are you convinced one way or the other? Kyle, you think you got it? Yes. Well, let's hear. You. Can he? Who's 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 supposed to pick next? Andy. Uh, Brandon is. Okay.
3: Well, here's what I think. You know who? Everybody says that the greatest fans in college football are Nebraska fans, and I've heard that the closest thing to a Nebraska fan is a Clemson fan in terms of classiness and uh, just, like, game atmosphere and stuff like that. That has nothing to do with anything else, but it just made me think of that. I want so bad Notre Dame to win and go undefeated in the year where they're finally in a conference. And I can't, And I never thought 10 years ago Brandon Peterson would never believe what I'm saying right now. You know, but as an independent, to go into a conference, and I want Notre Dame to go undefeated. I want them to be ACC champions. I want them to be <clears throat> national champions, and and to win it all this year. Uh, right now, that's it. That's officially what I want. And so it starts with this game. Notre Dame's going to win this game in this like classic '90s spiel of uh, two, you know, kind of '90s 90s-ish Teams.
1: It's and it's heavyweights. It's gonna be I I hate saying it, but it might be a slug fest, you guys.
3: Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. I'm going Notre Dame. I'm going Notre Dame. Do you I'm think
2: sorry. there's culture on the line, Danny? If 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 we're just gonna throw out all the cliches, who has the strongest <laughs> culture? Uh
1: I see I I just I I picture Dabo right now just really nervous. He's like, ah oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we're losing it here. We're losing it here. We got to keep it together. Dabo can't sleep. Um, I, don't, I don't know.
3: Remember I think called- I think it's, it's hit
1: it's 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 what it is, Kyle. It's culture versus like like history and tradition.
0: The only I'm, thing is worried about I wouldn't put
1: Notre Dame necessarily in the culture column. I'd put them in the history and tradition column. Clemson doesn't necessarily have the history and tradition. They've got the culture. So that's what it is. It's a clash between culture and tradition.
0: Danny, the only, fest. Thing that Dabo, the only thing that Dabo is worried about is tripping on his way down the hill. And he doesn't have to do that this week because it's in South Bend, so there's nothing to worry about.
1: Oh, I'm going okay. oh it's that easy, huh? You, you didn't raise easy. your hand when I said anybody think it's an easy pick.
0: I did, but I talked myself out of it because he doesn't have to run down the hill. He's just going to walk oh. into South Bend. All right, Brandon, do you have his last point real
3: quick? I was just going to say, remember how volatile Coach Kelly was for Notre Dame? And I know he still gets a little fiery. But he he was almost very pelini in freaking out on players on, on the sidelines and stuff like that early on at Notre Dame. And he's really kind of mellowed down a little bit.
0: Kyle, wrap us up here. Who do you got? Notre Dame, Clemson.
2: It's a lock. It's an easy pick for him. So when I I was trying to do my quick research while you were talking, Danny, uh, I just typed (laughs) in a quick Google search that said, uh, when was the last time Notre Dame won a big game? And it (laughs) automatically corrected it to, uh, did you mean Notre Dame losses in big games? Oh, man, that's a good point. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Another another little quote that I'm just going to throw out here, uh, just because I'm a Game of Thrones fan, uh, the wolf does not care about the opinions of the sheep. And I just view, like, you keep saying it's a heavyweight fight, keep saying it's going to be a slugfest, and honestly, I don't even think they're in the same weight class anymore. Uh, I honestly think that you could probably, and this is a Nebraska fan saying all this, who still thinks that Nebraska can outswing their current weight class, but... Um, even with their backup quarterback, uh, I'm I'm taking Clemson and I don't think it's going to be that close. You kind of made my argument for me saying that there's no way, uh, that that Clemson is going to come out two weeks in a row and look so sluggish to start with. Um, I don't care that it's on the road. Sometimes I think road games can focus a team more, especially after a game like they had last week. Um, and, I just – yeah, I just don't think that, that Notre Dame has proven any time in the recent past that, that they're going to be willing to, uh, to hold up. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they said that Trevor Lawrence wasn't going to play because even though he's passed the, the number of, of tests that he had to, um, he still has to pass like a cardiac test with his uh, heart because I know that was a big thing. Uh, coming back, so uh, they weren't going to rush him back without that test result in hand. But I also, because I knew the the quarterback that played last week had a, an interesting name, uh, DJ kind of looks like. If I was to guess how to say it, kind of like DJ ukulele. I think it. I think it's ukulele. Like sounds like
1: ukulele, kind of.
2: Yeah, ukulele or something. But then their their third string quarterback, I'm assuming, because it's the only other name that that uh, popped up is also a name that you are not gonna want to pronounce. It's like Tayson uh Fomicon with a lot of PHs and M's and an H at the end of the name that doesn't really have a rhyme or reason to it. Um, so apparently Clemson has is, is definitely went off the deep end in terms of just the names they're finding for these quarterbacks. Um but just I'm assuming once Trevor Lawrence leaves to be the Eagles' number one draft pick next next year, uh, I would assume just kind of like Tua Tungavailoa became a household name. But one of these two backups are going to be just the next in line in terms of the, the next Clemson National Championship quarterback. But uh, I'll be interested to see, especially if Clemson keeps rolling. Uh, I don't think it's ever too early to – to start the conversation, there's been a lot of talk about Dabo Sweeney possibly getting some looks from the NFL, or if Nick Saban uh, ever decides to to hang it up in Alabama, Dabo Sweeney take, jumping over there, take his spot. Like, we could be witnessing kind of the last major games in uh, Dabo Sweeney's Clemson future, and I can't believe you're just going to sell, sell him up the – the river like that, and what could be a, his one of his last major games he has?
1: No, I mean I. I hope I'm wrong. I just this I got a feeling. I just got not not an all the way confident feeling. Plus, you're the saying Notre Dame that has a 15 and 16 record on yeah. all of your picks. Yeah, so I I was going with uh, with numbers and data before. Now I'm just going with gut feeling. Okay, it's which a feeling is as good feeling as any. That's not true at all. What I just said, but uh, you say Notre Dame's not in their class, and and usually Clemson loses one game a year to a team that's not in their class. So, um, I don't know. I don't want them to lose. I just, just have that Bad feeling. Have a feeling.
0: <laughs> all right. So to wrap it up, uh, the Nebraska game we all picked Nebraska. Uh, then we went BYU Boise State. We all had BYU. Then the early slate, Saturday morning, Air Force at Army. Uh, Kyle had Air Force. The rest of us had Army. Uh, the mid-afternoon slate, Florida and Georgia. Kyle and Brandon had Florida. Danny and I have Georgia. And in the nightcap, we have Clemson at Notre Dame. Kyle and I have Clemson, and Danny and Brandon have Notre Dame. So a chance for either some separation or some uh, some bridging of that gap there as we move into week, week- 11 i believe it is uh as we finish every other podcast a little extra points danny extra point this week
1: yeah i do have one i wanted to get this mention in sometime uh during the podcast but we talk a lot about watching on multiple tvs and and having all your tvs set to the to the right channel um and there's just this site that i found like five years ago um and it's the best i think of just a simple way of having the whole college football schedule telling you what time the games are and exactly what channel to tune to um so i'm just going to give that a shout out it's called lsufootball.net slash tv schedule i know there's a lot of ways where you can find uh where the games are but i print it off every week i have it sitting next to me um all weekend uh I, i don't know obviously someone at lsu does it but it's just a Nice, easy, simple way for a simple guy like me to figure out uh, what channel all the games are on and what time. So that's it, lsufootball.net slash TV schedule.
0: Was that a shot at anybody in particular, or are you just no. letting those people out?
1: No. I mean, I know you handwrite it out, but uh, but I print it out, the old printer. Touche, <laughs> touche.
0: Brandon, extra point?
3: Yeah. Hey, Air Force. You can lock up the commander-in-chief trophy if you. All you gotta do is win this Saturday. Do it. Well, just make the Army-Navy game meaningless, other than just uh, just a rivalry game. Get it done.
2: Boom. Kyle. Uh, yeah. Just as I'm as we've been doing this pot, I've had the the Ohio and whoever they're playing, Chattanooga. The, the I the surprised that's, there's no Central ma- matching Michigan. comments tonight. The, the team that Nebraska was supposed to play last week, apparently, uh, on in the background here, and I haven't been diving into it, and I don't watch these games nearly as much as Brandon and, and Andy might, but uh, it turns out that there's a reason why these guys are playing where they're playing. Um, although they're way more accomplished and athletic than I am, they just are, are not the top level of, uh, of athlete and, uh, skill wise. I've seen more, I've seen two interceptions where, uh, they weren't interceptions, but they might as well just been muffed punts. That's how bad the throw was. And then how bad the, the drop passes were seen, maybe the worst missed field goal I have all year. Uh, just shanking about a, a 35 yarder. Um, again, they're way more accomplished than me. I would not want to see any of them in a foot race or uh, a weightlifting contest. But uh, it turns out that there's a reason why they're playing on a Wednesday night, and not on Saturday night primetime. Uh, however, though, um, and I don't want to really start the next conversation as we're trying to wrap it up. But uh, Frank Solich still going after it and obviously runs a completely different offense than uh, than he ever ran when he was at Nebraska I wonder if he was still at Nebraska if he would have uh, ever made the same kind of adjustments to his offensive scheme or if since he was always at Nebraska if he always would have felt uh, kind of obligated to run the same triple option so I just think it's interesting how how he's grown as a coach uh, in terms of just all the decisions he's made.
0: All right, to wrap it up, uh, as we mentioned earlier, and we just alluded to a couple of times there with Maction back in on Wednesday nights, uh, the Pac-12 kicks off this week as well. And a few years ago when the Big 12 got left out and they were like, well, what do we need to do? Well, we need a conference championship game. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a true round robin we have a conference champion. Uh, that way we get us in the top four. The Pac-12's answer after being left out randomly the last few times, we'll play at 11 a.m. Uh, Central time, which means it will be 9 a.m. in Los Angeles when uh, USC takes on Arizona. So, um, yeah, they can't maybe have fans in the attendance, but half the state won't even be awake as they kick off their slate. So no more Pac-12 after dark. It's going to be – Pack twelve with your breakfast cereal on Saturday mornings, which seems like the worst idea possible. But anyway, uh, moving on to wrap this thing up. Make sure you follow us on on Twitter at Sing Second, on Instagram at Sing Second Pod, email us at Sing Second Pod. Uh, you know, reach out. We're always looking to entertain. Uh, this is the second leg of the Commander in Chief uh, of trophy game what jeez, louise that was terrible but uh the trophy commander in chief trophy uh you know one of those is gonna go home losing but the other one's gonna sing second